Hi, and welcome to the Happy Lawyer Podcast with me, your host, Katherine Shearer. I'm here today with Debbie Stanley, the founding partner of Estate Transition Planners Canada. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Thanks for having me, Catherine. You're very welcome. So why don't we start today with you telling us a little bit about your business? Um, well, Estate Transition Planners Canada, which is totally a mouthful, so we go by ETP Canada, is a company that assists executors uh, during the toughest time of um, estate administration. So we come on board and we literally hold the hand of an executor throughout the process. It can be as involved or as little as they would like. And the other side of our business is we're also professional executors. So if there is someone who doesn't know who to name in their will as their executor, or maybe their family lives out of the country, or perhaps there's some family dynamics that uh, just you know won't make sense for their particular situation, then they can choose us as an option to be their executor. Interesting. So how did you come up with the idea? Um, I came up with the idea. I was uh, working in public accounting and I dealt with estates and, um, you know, you kind of get stuck in your day to day doing the, the same thing. And I started noticing executors would come in to sign the tax return. And it's not like they didn't care how much taxes were owing, but they were sort of like, yeah, yeah, sure. But how do I get rid of the Rogers account or how do I call a plumber? There's an issue with the house. They were so preoccupied with all these other day-to-day -day aspects of an estate that they, they didn't even want to deal with the tax return. And I started to see this more and more that executors were drowning in the actual day-to-day -day tasks of being an executor. So you were working in a relatively large accounting firm and you noticed this need that has arisen. And what did you do then? Um, I thought, hey, wouldn't that be a cool service if we uh, started offering that here? Uh, so I didn't really think to go out on my own at the time. Um, so I presented the idea to the partner I was working for, and he thought, you know, that, that might work. I mean, we are an accounting firm, and that's a little bit outside of what we do, but that might work. Uh, why don't you put together maybe a pitch or proposal, and let's see what the other partners think. So he, uh, he partnered me up with another partner of the firm. Um, she was a new partner, actually, and the first female partner at that firm. And we worked together on just, you know, what would that pitch look like? What, what might it look like? Would it fit with the firm? Um, and went from there. And so what did you do to make that plan? Like, what considerations went into it? Um, it was... It was pretty much a, a business plan. So we had to look into, um, you know, what was the need? What type of clients would that work for? Um, what were the statistics? Were there actually any clients or was it just me putting it in my head <laughs> every time I met with someone? Um, you know, a budget, what kind of staff would we need? Did it fit the vision and mission and values of the firm? Um, what was the you know one year plan, two year plan, five year plan if it was to move forward? So we uh, we worked on that actually for probably about a month on all the information. And then you would pitch this to the partners. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So the partner I was working with pitched it to the rest of the partners, uh, but it was so outside of the scope of what they did. Um, they just didn't see a future for it for themselves. It, it was just really 
in left field of what they offered. Because what you do is, is not solely accounting, it's everything else associated with estates, is that right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not tax returns, it's not accounting, um, it's the day-to-day uh, little bits of an estate. So it's, it's really like being someone's assistant for everyday life, but for that particular estate. So it really didn't fall into any particular bucket of theirs that they offered. So it wasn't like, oh, you have a terrible idea, uh, completely shot down. It was more, that's an interesting idea, but it doesn't fit with the overall goals of this particular firm. Yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, you know, we could try little bits and exactly. It doesn't really fit with this particular goal of the firm. Um, Yeah, it wasn't that they shot it down completely. It just wasn't working at that moment. So when you got that negative feedback, what did you do? Uh, I cried. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, then <laughs> I didn't cry in the moment, but I, I think I went and sat in my car and cried. Um, then I almost didn't know what to do. I, to be honest, sort of went through this career crisis almost, uh, like a midlife crisis of my career. I knew I loved what I did and I knew that I loved where I worked, but the two weren't mixing and matching. Um, So I almost felt like I had to choose, like, do I want to love what I do or do I want to love where I work? And so how did you make that decision? Um, Lots of wine. (laughs) Um, um, And it was, it was a long process. For sure, there was a lot of, um, you know, conversation with my husband and um, we did a list. So I did this list of, you know, what were the good things about staying where I was and what were the bad things? And then would it be smart to go out on my own and start this? Or would I look for another firm that might be more interested in what I'm doing? Or maybe I wanted to go to a bank. Um, So I kind of created the three scenarios and then went with uh, the good and bad for every single one to try and hone in. And I kept being drawn to starting it on my own, Um, even though there was a a, probably a bigger list of uh, negative stuff to start your own business. But I I kept getting drawn to that. Absolutely. That's a a lot more risk and a lot less uh, financial security. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the big negatives. (laughs) And so what was it that was drawing you to start your own company? Um, I I think the main thing that it was, um, was there was no limit. I think I've always been a big dreamer. And as much as I loved the firm that I was at, I could see the ceiling of where I could go there. Um, And then if I maybe went to a different place, perhaps I might have that same ceiling where having my own company, really I can make it as big or as small or as medium I wanted, but it was mine to, to mold. And I really liked the, uh, the idea of there was no constrictions. I could do what I wanted to. And I know that you just said that uh, you talked it over a lot with your husband. So how did those conversations go when you were contemplating leaving a, a, a good job with financial security and I can only imagine good benefits and a place that you I know liked working to start something that hasn't really been done before um, with not 
a lot of experience running your own business? Um, he, he was very, uh, understanding because one day I would wake up and I'm like, yep, yep. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. This is it. I'm definitely staying. And then the next day I'd be like, nope, nope. (laughs) I'm going to start my own thing. And then the following day I would say, I sent out resumes to a whole bunch of places. So it was a lot of, uh, I couldn't even make up my own mind for the first little bit because I was so unsure of what to do. Uh, he was really understanding, but he kept saying to me, you know, you, you really have an idea here. You really have a spark. Every time you talk about it, you just light up and uh, I think you're on the right track with creating your own business. But he needed me to come to that conclusion on my own too. So he wouldn't tell me what to do, but he would say, here's what I think and sort of nudge me. But um, in the end, I still had to come to that conclusion on my own. And what was it that finally ignited you into doing your own thing with that much back and forth and wishy-wash, you know, maybe I'll stay, maybe I'll go work somewhere else, or maybe I'll go on my own. What was the determining factor? Again, I think it came down to that hold back. I really do think that had I have never left that firm, I'd still be happy, maybe not as fulfilled as I am today, but they were a really good place to be. Um, But I really could see that I wouldn't be living to my true potential and uh, spreading my wings or, or however you want to call it. So I think when I started to realize that and see where I could go and what my growth could be, then it, it became my decision because I, I did want more. And how long did that decision making process take? Uh, I was probably about four months. Is that four months from the time that you started the business plan to when you actually committed? Oh, uh, no, then it was longer. I think the business plan was early summer, and then I gave them my notice just around Christmas time. So you you did the whole business plan, the proposal. It didn't work out. You kind of had to regroup, and then you, you were just contemplating what your next move was during that time. Yeah, yeah, and I think even after the the proposal and all that didn't really go the way I was expecting, I still gave a, a good shot of it. Um, I thought, no, you know, I can still make this work here. Um, but someone gave me advice, and I can't even remember who it was now, and they just said, you know, you don't want to get resentful of where you are too, right? And I had a really great relationship with them. I left on really great terms. My goodbye lunch was something like 30 people. Um, I'm really glad that I pulled the trigger when I did because there was no hard feelings. It was very amicable. They really did understand. They wished me all the best. Uh, So I did it before. I was like, oh, they're holding me back or this, that, the other. It it didn't get negative at all. Have you had any other mentors along the way that have kind of helped guide your decision-making process to go out on your own? Yes. Yeah. There was um, a lawyer in town who was kind of, I guess, informally mentoring me. She still does. Um, and we went for, we would go for lunches pretty much monthly before it all happened. And then I confided in her when it was happening. And I remember she said to me, well, what's the worst that could happen if you leave and you start my own business? And I said, well, I could fail horribly at it. She said, okay. And then what would happen? And I said, well, I'll lose all my money. And she says, okay. And then what would happen? I could lose my house. And she says, okay. And she kept doing that until we got to like the worst possible thing that, you know, I'm living on the street. She's like, but did anybody die? I said, no. She says, then it's not going to be as bad as you think. And I thought, great, you're right. It's never going to be that bad. Like nobody would 
let that happen. There's all these other contingency plans you could put into place. So I think I'm just kind of spinning my wheels thinking, oh no, what if I fail? But you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes, but it's not the worst that could happen. What has been the biggest challenge you faced in this whole process? Oh, that's a good question. So many. <laughs> um, finding the courage in myself to do, to do it. So the, the first step was definitely really, really challenging. Uh, then I think believing in myself then became the challenge because I left this really big firm and I felt like the weight of the name of the firm behind me gave me my oomph for, I don't know, validated me. And then all of a sudden I was out on my own, this little person in this city with this business nobody had heard of. Um, so that was really challenging because I had to begin to believe in my capabilities. I had them before I left that firm. Where did they go? I, they didn't disappear. I didn't leave them at the door. Um, so I had to really work through all of that. Um, I know it's, you know, the cliche, the imposter syndrome, but I, I certainly had that for quite a while thinking, you know, who am I to say that I know this stuff? I did know this stuff. I knew it a year ago. How could I say I don't know this stuff? Um, so I think those were the, the biggest few challenges that I had to work on myself to really get it going. Of course, there's the normal business challenges. You know, there's the finances at the beginning or, uh, you know, nowhere. And uh, learning different parts of a business that you've never done before. Um, I'm not amazing at marketing. So if you ever want to see somebody procrastinate <laughs> on that, uh, come visit me. Um, you're your own janitor and you're your own receptionist. So coming to realize there's so many different pieces of a puzzle for a business. You mentioned financial. That's a, a really interesting piece because I know that's a, a large part of what holds a lot of people back of starting their own business or going out on their own as a lawyer, starting their own firm. And it's the financing of the business. So how did you approach that? Um, yeah, that's the big worry. And I had read all these statistics about how businesses fail, you know, within the first three years or five years and I started reading into it and, and why. And, and of course it always does come down to finances. If you have no money coming in, then how do you run the business? Um, so I chose when we decided that I was going to start the business, um, I knew before I gave my notice, of course, for a while. So we made the uh, um, decision to take all my paychecks for so many months and just put them aside. So live um, differently for a few months. And we saved that. And then I made the conscious decision when I started the business to not earn any income for a year, for the first year and to only network and put the word out so that it took the pressures off of the sales and not having to have a sale within the first month and making bad decisions. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was bringing on the right clients and um, making good decisions. So without the pressure of that, I need to make money this very first month or second month, it, it really helped in the growing of the business. So I think having that pot of money put aside and then making a decision, I will not earn any money until later this year. Um, it let things grow organically. And what role has Network played in your success? 
you said in there that you had uh, focused a lot in that first year on just growing organically and, and using your network. So how did you do that? Oh yeah. Networking was, or is still, I swear by it. Um, it's the greatest way to get your name out there and build relationships and make some new friends. Uh, for the first year I went to literally everything I could find. It was, it was pretty exhausting. I'm actually an introvert. So, <laughs> uh, going out to all these nighttime events and daytime events and lunchtime, uh, was really hard. But I, if there was a, networking event I went to it I would introduce myself I would get to know the person I was talking to I never knew if any of it was going to turn into anything but I just wanted to meet people and have them get to know me I never had a sales pitch I just would say who I was where I was from and if they were interested in the business I would tell them more about it those would turn into more coffee chats and then it would turn into you know who you should talk to it was this great branch of um, introductions. I, I couldn't believe the people I got to meet that year just because everyone was so uh, kind and generous and making all these introductions for me. So a lot of that sounds like informal networking where you would attend events and just get to know people in the community and build relationships from there. Were there any formal networking groups that you had joined or any you know structured networking that you did to help grow your business? Um, yeah, I had started just before I left the firm, uh, like a women's networking group, uh, because I was going through what I was going through. I thought, oh, other women must be in the same situation. So we started that, which was growing at the same time. And, uh, so that was really great. I also think at that time I was a part of Gen Next and a few other type, uh, networking committees. So that was, um, great because they were structured and they had bigger webs of, um, attendees and, and people to get to know. Tell me more a bit about um, the networking group that you started. I feel like you may have downplayed your role in that process a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's a pretty cool group of ladies. Again, I was going through that midlife career crisis and I had all these questions and didn't know where to ask them because you don't really go ask your employer, hey, I, I'm thinking of leaving you. <laughs> Could you give me some advice? So I thought there, there's got to be somewhere where you can ask questions like this safely and, and learn more about different situations that others may be in. Um, I had a friend who was pregnant and she didn't know, you know, like, how do you do a mat leave when you're trying to build your career? And what type of challenges do you face? So I started to see that my friends were also in similar situations, maybe not thinking about leaving their firms, but different career milestones. Uh, so I thought, you know, what if I put these women together and we learned from other women who've already gone through that. So I'd reached out to a friend of mine who's like the networking extraordinaire in our city. <laughs> and she thought it was a great idea, which I was very lucky that she thought it was a great idea. <laughs> and she helped me to build that. And so what does that look like now, that networking group? The group now has about 35 women and we meet once a month and we still keep learning. So it's uh, all about education and um, we listen to the group's uh, ideas. So they may have different topic ideas and then we come up with the, the year's role um, and 
speakers that will be coming out. And we meet for breakfast. We have breakfast. It's a little bit of networking. Everyone every month gets to stand up, say who they are, what they do, and we'll ask them a question. It could vary, you know, what book are you reading now? Or what are you procrastinating on? It's uh, different every month. And then the speaker presents and it's uh, very informal. So there's a lot of questions, dialogue. Um, it's a very safe group. People can stand up and say, I'm having a bad day today. I you know, had a really difficult client and yesterday and it's still weighing on me. And, and they have a safe spot to talk about that. Now, what kind of tips or recommendations would you have for someone who's thinking about leaving their firm or their place of employment to go out on their own? Since you've been someone who's done it and you've had a lot of feedback from your network, what would you say to someone who's in a similar circumstance? Okay, that's a great question. I think this always comes back to opportunity, right? So you have this opportunity in front of you. What do you want to do with it? So you can take the opportunity and jump in and it could go great or you could fail, but either way you're going to learn lessons and you're going to have an experience or you could not take the opportunity and perhaps have that regret. So it's that looking back on things. So when I was faced with this, I kept thinking, well, if I do it, then I've done it and I have nothing to regret. And if I don't, then I may always regret that. So I have to at least try. So I think no matter what you're faced with, you have to at least try something, whatever it is. Maybe you're going to try because you're going to stay or maybe you're going to try because you're going to go. But I think you just have to try. I think that's a really good piece of advice just to try. And I think a lot of a lot of it is about ownership. So you can be unhappy with your current situation, but you have to own that and figure out how to make it work for you. So you could, you know, commit recommit yourself to your current position and, and try and figure out ways to make it work for you. And then maybe that's not what's going to work out in the long run. So if you know that and you know yourself, then make the plan to jump ship and start your own project or go to another uh, employer, but make the plan and really own it. I love that. That That's exactly it. Commit to it. No matter what it is, just go in, go all in. It's yours. So from your experience, what are the biggest takeaways that you've had? Um, let's see here. It's hard work. <laughs> um, it's a roller coaster. So that's a big one. Uh, I didn't expect quite the roller coaster of emotions. Uh, some days you're flying high and some days you're under the covers eating ice cream. Um, so being set up for that. Um, another takeaway is ask for help. I was afraid to ask for help. And then when I started doing it, I realized how many people are so willing to help, whether it's a, a friendly ear to talk to or whether it's an introduction you're looking for. I have found our community to be so helpful and so generous. And I think that one was totally blew me away. Um, surround yourself with other strong women who want to see you succeed. I think we've all... Uh, you know, been in the situation where maybe you were uh, with someone who who wasn't a good fit for your circle of uh, 
supporters. So I think having that strong group and where you uh, lift each other up is so helpful. Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> you mentioned that um, being out on your own, running your own business, there's um, an emotional roller coaster. So highs and lows and everything in between, I can only imagine. And I know that that's very similar in, in the practice of law and a lot of other businesses, um, but especially when you're trying to do something on your own. So how do you deal with those highs and lows? Um, wine and ice cream. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> I also have learned to recognize those moments. So sometimes when I'm feeling really high, I stop myself and I'm like, why am I feeling so great? And trying to pause and, and sometimes I pause and I say, well, why am I feeling so down? Is it something that I should reflect on or am I being silly and just being negative on myself? Um, having again, someone to talk to a mentor is so important uh, and a good support network of friends and family, but they all kind of serve their own roles, right? Uh, it's tough. Sometimes you say to a friend like, oh man, it's so hard to start my own business. And they'll say, well, this is what you wanted. And it's not really the feedback you're maybe looking for. Maybe sometimes that's the, the mentor spot. So learning to identify the people you're speaking to in regards to the different phases you're in. So a lot is just having a really good network for you. So whether it be friends or family, when you're feeling, you know, those down days, it's important to you to have someone to to reach out to and kind of walk through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I journal a lot. So at the end of the day, uh, I reflect on the day and I say, you know, what did I do really good? What do I want to keep doing? And uh, what did I do that wasn't so great that I don't want to continue on doing? Uh, that way you're reflecting on, on the different things that you've done. Um, you're identifying the things that you've put off or procrastinated on. Uh, so you really do have to have a lot of self-reflection when you're doing this. I couldn't agree more. Self-reflection and reflection in general is something that I do on a regular basis. I check in with those plans that I've made on a regular basis to say, you know, is it going in the right direction? What's working? What's not working? What is it that I need to change? And what can I do to celebrate the little things that I've achieved, but also to look at, you know, why aren't some things working and how can I focus some energy onto that area so that things can get moving again? Exactly. It all, it all comes down to ourselves, right? We're, we're driving our own bus. Do you have anything else to add about your experience? I was surprised by after I left the firm, how much it was like ending a relationship, like breaking up with a boyfriend. Um, it was weird to me. I went through a grieving process. I went through the process of I'd see them out in public and almost want to be like, look how great I am. <laughs> or I would see them posting pictures of themselves eating cupcakes and I think, how could they move on without me? So I think uh, making sure that if you do leave where you are, that um, you allot some time to actually go through a grieving process because you did spend a lot of time somewhere and you committed and you built relationships. And um, I didn't expect that. I don't know why I thought when I left, it would just turn off, but I actually went through like a very emotional um, process. I can definitely relate to that. I know in different circumstances, leaving a firm can be very difficult. For me personally, um, the last firm that I moved from, it was 
bittersweet to say the least because I really enjoyed the people I worked with. It was a lot of fun, good people. And I miss that, you know, sense of being part of the, that team. But at the end of the day, and I think you'll probably agree that the, the best decision was the one to kind of do your own thing to take that next step. But you're right in saying there is a little bit of a grieving process. And you know what? That's funny because I've never really looked at it that way, but that's exactly what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. I only noticed it when I uh, was with a friend and I saw the cupcake picture and I said it out loud and she goes, Oh, look at you jealous of your boyfriend. <laughs> and I realized, Oh, I'm going through a grieving process. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today and providing your insights on what it was like to to take the plunge to take that big leap of leaving um, a, you know a corporate job with security and, and going out on your own and starting your own business thank you so much for having me you're very welcome we'll have to have you back one day to to pick your brain a little bit more on some of the things that you have done in terms of building your network because you do have one of the biggest networks in the area and you've done a really phenomenal job of keeping in contact with your um, network and really developing those relationships. Oh, thank you so much. I would love that. That's all for today's show. Thank you very much for listening. If you liked this episode, please give it a five-star rating to help others find the show. If you have any questions about your legal career or would like some informal mentoring, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or you can send me an email through the website at thehappylawyer.ca. See you soon!